This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing And man, I have not been right in in a lot of different ways. So we will talk all about it today. We are five weeks into the fantasy season. Last night's Monday Night Football game had lots of fantasy implications. Like I said last week, Travis Kelsey. He's the one guy you want. He is the ultimate game changer. He is the number one guy in fantasy. And he showed you yet again, week in, week out. Year after year, absolute domination. So glad to be with you today. The Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare is a part of the Unpacking It Podcast Network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministry Studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. And thanks to all of you that are members of Fantasy Football Fellowship. Uh, If you aren't yet, you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com and get access to the weekly breakout topics, and and a lot of great content for you. Uh, Today on the show, we will do another weekly breakout. This week, it's all about injuries. The injuries that we are dealing with as fantasy managers, and how does that relate to the injuries that we're dealing with in life? The difficulties, the challenges, the the tough circumstances that that each of us uh, deal with at certain times. Sometimes it's a you know, a, a temporary injury that, that may cost us a couple of weeks. And then oftentimes it's a, you know, season ending type injury that, that it's a long season of, of suffering. And, and so we, we deal with this kind of stuff. And so how do we respond and, and what does the Bible have to say about it? So we will get into that in just a little bit, but unfortunately we will have to talk about injuries throughout the show because injuries continue to uh, affect a lot of players and a lot of fantasy teams. And I know for me, oh, dealing deal with a few. Last night, Darren Waller going out early did not help me. That was disappointing. And and, and so we'll get into that today. Uh, we are brought to you by MediShare. Check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, we begin each show with some fantasy shenanigans. Crazy matchups, guys who helped us, killed us, guys we went up against, tight matchups, and I will let uh, 
Harrison get us started with that. But uh, Harrison, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm super hyped after last night because for the first time this season, I went three and zero in my fantasy leagues. You know, I got a couple two and one weeks to start out the year, but I have yet to go three and zero, and that's because going into this week, I was winless in one of my leagues. I was zero and four. It was not looking good for me. But I made a couple trades this week, kind of shook things up after Javante Williams got injured. And going into last night, I was down 13 with Derek Carr starting as my QB. He had an electric first drive and then did nothing for the rest of the game. Was sitting right at like 11 or 12 points until the final drive in the fourth quarter when he had an absurd kind of jump pass. I don't even know what it was to Devontae Adams for the 50-yard touchdown won me my week. I am now one and four, no longer, you know, winless, the worst team in the league. And what's even crazier is the team that I beat was the only undefeated team in the league. And he was talking a lot of trash going into the matchup because he was in first place. I was in last place, but anything (laughs) can happen on any given receipt. And, you know, just like Robert Sala says, we kept the receipts. We remembered who doubted us when we were down. We got our win this week. And we're looking forward to a comeback for the rest of the season. I like it. I like the optimism. I'm on the opposite end. Had a, a really bad fantasy week. And I will say this. I'm thankful that a lot of my injured players are, are more on the week-to-week type level. So it's not full-on panic, but it is high concern across my, my leagues. But I, I will share this shenanigans going on. In, so this is my... Longest running league, 19 years. I went into this season thinking, wow, I had an awesome draft. I'm feeling good. And let me let me just fill you in on what this roster looks like. So DJ Moore, we know the debacle in Carolina. Russell Wilson, total disaster. Darren Waller, injured. Rashad Bateman, injured. Jonathan Taylor, injured. Pat Fryermuth, injured. Damian Harris, injured. So that's what I've been dealing with on what I thought was going to be my my best team, and it is the most concerning team at this point. And I still do have hope, though. I still have hope that Jonathan Taylor will live up to that number two pick where I where I took him. Um, I still have actually I have Travis Etienne in this league. A lot of hope that Travis Etienne is turning the corner, and, and we're already seeing you know more action uh, with him and and more volume, and and so. The excitement that we all had for James Robinson is is waning, and now it's time for Travis Etienne. So that's given me a glimmer of hope uh, in in that league. But overall, tough week, and and so we'll jump into uh, some accountability, and and so we always like to share, hey, where 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 have we been wrong? Where are we missing? And and for me, in the off season, I was so high on AJ Dillon, so excited about AJ Dillon, and so far he has been a huge disappointment. And I have to blame the Packers. I I can't blame Dylan. I can't blame myself. I have to blame the Packers because it is ridiculous that somebody, well, Aaron Jones too, both of them are such great runners, yet they're not getting enough carries. And they've got Rodgers throwing all over the place, but not uh, as high efficiency that you'd like. Uh, You know, guys, we've talked about the receivers a lot. I, I still like Romeo Dobbs. Lazard is fine. But the two best players on this team, from a, a weapon standpoint, are Jones and Dylan, and they're they're just not getting it enough. And so for me, with Dylan, you know, I I talked about hey, you got to draft him, and so I'll, I'll hold myself accountable to that. At the same time, I'm not ready to give up on him. And and last year we saw 
down the stretch what he did to carry you know fantasy owners and and the Packers. I still expect that to happen again, but I wish the Packers would wake up a little bit earlier uh, and make this happen earlier in the season. In what ways do you need to, to hold yourself accountable today? So I will also hold myself accountable to Aaron Jones because I thought he was going to be a you know smash amazing pick for the Packers. And I, I he's been disappointing so far, except for that one game where pretty much all of his fantasy points came for the season against the Bears. But I would I would not get too worried. I would say that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are almost by candidates right now. Because when you look at the Packers in terms of you know yards per carry, rushing yards per game, they're one of the top rushing offenses in the NFL. They just haven't scored touchdowns running the ball, which is a really weird thing when you have both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillons, who have been, you know, red zone monsters so far in their career. Aaron Jones only has two touchdowns. Both of those came against the Bears as a guy who's usually a double digit touchdown guy every single year. So even though it's been concerning so far, their offense has been, you know, just really kind of stagnant and weird. It's almost like all the top offenses in the NFL. You look at Tampa Bay, you look at the Chargers for a little bit, the Broncos, the Packers, they've all just been really, you know, meh. They haven't been terrible. They haven't been great. They've just been meh. I think the Packers will figure it out, though, you know, going into the season, especially after a loss like this. Aaron Jones is going to go to Matt LaFleur and be like, you know what? I'm Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) We need to get the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're our two best players. Let me call the plays. Let me figure it out. You you don't really know what you're doing here. I'm the Hall of Fame quarterback. So I I would not give up hope yet. No, I think it's a good point that they needed this loss. Like this, this loss allows them to make the proper adjustments because Aaron Rodgers mentioned it last week. Hey, this kind of winning isn't sustainable. And then now they've lost. And oftentimes this is what it takes for teams to really say, all right, we got to make some you know significant adjustments. And if um, you're, so I think if you're looking at division too, you know, the Vikings, the Lions, the Bears, you weren't really feeling threatened, even though the Bears and Vikings have respectable records at this point. Packers weren't feeling threatened by any of those teams. Now that they've lost, they are neck and neck with the Vikings in terms of the standings in the division right now. You know, I think this is a real wake up call for them where, all right, we cannot just coast in this division anymore and win, you know, go 11 and 6, 10 and 7 and and get into the playoffs. We actually have to put our foot down and hit the gas and, and really, you know, ride Aaron Rodgers and our stars for the rest of the season to make sure we win this division. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the other uh, thing I, I've, I've been wrong about and will will own up to the New York Jets. Wow, they're they're putting up some great numbers, and and especially Brees Hall, <sighs> awesome, awesome game. And he could have had two more touchdowns, but Mike Michael Carter vultured them. So really, both of them ha- have been fantasy relevant. We're talking about Dylan and Jones, man. Hall and Carter, that's the duo that you want. So those those two guys have been great, and and, and they're young guys, and I, I would expect this type of production to, to be more regular. I, I really do. Now, I don't think it's going to be every week, but, but I think the Jets are they're in the mix. Like they're, they're not a terrible team. They're not a great team, but they're right there, sort of an average team, and they're going to give you some, some good weeks based on the matchups uh, for us in fantasy. And then you mentioned the Bucks. No, they're not great. This offense has not been great this year. But Leonard Fournette, somebody that I avoid, I always downplay, I give him a hard time. He led the running backs this this week. Him and Austin Eckler were the top top running backs. Josh Jacobs right there behind them. Um, but a big week for Leonard Fournette. So I'll uh, I'll own up to that as well. All right, Harrison, what are you most excited about today? What what are some things that uh, that you feel like, uh, man? I'm, I'm doing. I got that right. 
I'm, I'm feeling, feeling on, on track with these players. All right. So the first one for me is the Cowboys defense this week. Now I know you don't like playing defense, but in two of my leagues, I have to play a defense. And this week, even though they were going up against the Rams who, you know, usually have an electric offense, I picked up the Cowboys defense and they got me 22 points this week, putting on an absolutely electric performance, winning me one of my games. And it always feels good when, you know, not one of your star players, but someone, you know, a defense, a kicker, something that's not really sustainable for the season, but the random, you know, player on your team puts up a huge game and wins you your week. So I'm feeling good about the Cowboys defense. And another good feeling I have is a trade that I made earlier this week. So I traded Justin Herbert and Brandon Cooks for Derek Carr, Chris Godwin, and Damian Harris. Mm. Now, Damian Harris is injured. We'll see what happens there. But the reasoning behind that was Herbert, we thought, was going to be a top two QB this season. He's been really good. He's been solid, but he hasn't been that you know elite difference maker at, at the QB position like the Josh Allens, Lamars, and Hurts did. So it's not really worth it to me to have you know the number five or six QB on my roster when I can get a guy like Derek Carr, who's going to put up really good numbers as well, even though he's not, you know, Herbert, and then also get a Chris Godwin, someone who I think is going to explode this season later on with, you know, Tom Brady just force feeding him targets over the middle. Um, so I made that trade. I got a lot of hate in my league making that trade. Oh, how could you trade away Herbert for Derek Carr? Oh, Godwin's been injured all season. How did you get rid of, take him in? Carr and Godwin got me 18 and 13 points. And Herbert got 14 and six <laughs> points this week with Brandon Cooks. I won. The team that I traded Herbert and Cooks to lost. So I'm feeling great about the trade that I made. And everyone else can can shut up. They don't know what they're talking about. I made the good trade. My team got the win this week. All right. So I'm glad you're feeling good after one week. But I would not trade Justin Herbert. I'm, I'm hanging on to him. And what I was thinking about today, and I'm, I'm going to put this in our, our Fantasy Football Fellowship weekly newsletter, is... It's it's obvious, but we have to remind ourselves. You want elite players on your team, and you don't want to give up on elite players, especially players that you drafted in the first three rounds. Now, if they're you know injured and they're out for the year, obviously that's that's different. But if you're like Justin Jefferson for a couple of weeks, we were all concerned about Justin. He's fine. Okay, Austin Eckler, we were a little concerned. He's fine. I feel that way with Jonathan Taylor. I, I feel that way. Uh, I, I actually drafted Travis Etienne early, AJ Dillon early, like these kind of guys, I still feel good about. And so I would put Justin Herbert in that category too. I personally wouldn't want to, to give up on him. Now you made a good trade, but just in general, that just reminds me and, and just to encourage everybody don't, it's only five games. Don't give up on the, on the, the top talent. Like you want those guys that have already shown it in the past. The chances are they're going to do it again. That's that's your best indicator. And it's cute to have Geno Smith right now. Yeah, you know, it's cool. Hey, you, great. Good for you. You've had some big games from Geno Smith. If you're expecting Geno Smith to win you a fantasy championship, I, I'm not willing to trust that. I, I personally, I've never seen that happen. I'm not willing to do that. So there you go. Um, what I'm most excited about, speaking of, now, today's theme is all about injuries today. and And so I don't want anybody to get injured. But as a fantasy manager who tries to avoid injury-prone guys, especially guys that always seem to be out for a long time, Rashad Penny was that guy for me. And I was like, ah, I don't want Penny. Well, he had a big big week last week, and now he's out. And it's a bummer for him. It's devastating. But 
from a fantasy perspective from me, that's something I feel right about, okay? Uh, you hate to celebrate somebody else's injury, but uh, from that standpoint, we'll talk about Ken Walker in a moment. Um, and then same with Mike Thomas. Like, Mike Thomas, you know, everybody was all excited about getting him, you know, at a good value during the draft. Most people drafted him, you know, later on, six, seven, eighth round. Um, but I avoided him. And, and so far, you know, he's had a couple of decent games, but it's the injury concerns with him still. So, uh, and then lastly, I'm really excited about Derek Carr. To your point, you, you went and got him. Uh, he's got at least two touchdowns, 240 passing yards in four of five games this season. So, uh, so that's pretty good. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into what we're convinced of today. And, and Harrison, I will let you start. What are you convinced of? So this is a little bit more of a specific I'm convinced. After watching a Thursday night football game with the Broncos, you know, I was a big advocate for Mike Boone going into this week, picking him up. I thought he was the clear better back over Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon got a lot of the work in that game, but was extremely inefficient. Mike Boone was way more efficient than him. So I am convinced that Mike Boone is going to break out this week. Ooh, I like he it. had a pretty nice game. You know, but what was really what was really telling was he was the clear third down passing back. Anytime it was a passing situation, he was on the field. He looked electric catching the ball out of the backfield. Now they play the Chargers this week, who have allowed the most points of any team to fantasy running backs. Russell Wilson is also injured, so he is going to be checking down the ball a lot to Mike Boone. They got an elite pass rush in LA and Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa, so he's got to be throwing those short passes, get it out of his hands. I think Mike Boone is going to have like a seven or eight reception game and go wild this week. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have like 30 points, but I think he's going to have a really solid game and everyone's going to forget about my, Melvin Gordon and all of his fumbles and you know inefficiency. <laughs> he's washed and Mike Boone is going to become the guy there after this week in Denver. I'm, I'm okay with that. Overall, I'm so out on Denver. It's I can't run far away from them enough. Like I... I they make me so nervous. That was so ugly on Thursday night. We'll see what this the shoulder shot turned out turns out to be for Russell Wilson. But but overall, Denver makes me really nervous. But with Mike Boone, yeah, that's I think you can put him in at flex this week and and and, and roll the dice to to what you're talking about. That's that's pretty good. Here's what I'm convinced of: the majority of quarterback performances, especially this past week, are so unpredictable and confusing. Now, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, you're top three guys but after that we're talking gene number four kirk cousins number five carson Wentz number six we're talking about benching carson Wentz in washington yet he was the sixth scoring fantasy quarterback ahead of tom brady who was next and then joe burrow and then jimmy garoppolo is top 10 marcus mariota is top 10 and then you scroll all the way down and there's your boy justin herbert herbert at 18 you got um, Matthew Stafford, 23. Russell Wilson, 24. You know, Wilson puts up 11. Stafford, 11. Uh, you know, even uh, Jared Goff, who had been lighting it up, scores six. It, it, it is beyond confusing and, and in some ways frustrating, too, because a lot of these situations, it's like, oh, well, the matchup should be good. Like, they should be fine. Oh, yeah, they'll have a good week. I'm going to put this quarterback in. And it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. So, if you do have one of those top three guys, you're loving life. After that, good luck. And I, I wish I had the answers. You know, even, even somebody like uh, Trevor Lawrence, we started feeling good about. Now, I figured they would run the ball a lot against Houston. But then that turned out to be such a low-scoring game, very little, you know, production. Uh, and so then Trevor Lawrence only put up, you know, 12 fantasy points. So 
Uh, anyway, the quarterback position has been been absolutely wild this year, and and with what I I'll couple that with what I said earlier. I still, in the long run, looking at the course of the season, I'm, I'm still going to trust the go-to guys and Joe you know, Joe Burr. I'm still going to trust him. Even Lamar Jackson didn't put up much. He had 15 points. I'm still going to trust Lamar Jackson, Herbert, and and those kind of guys. Now Stafford, Russell Wilson. Eh, there, there, there's, there's some panic there. Though there definitely, definitely some panic. Jared Goff, uh, it was fun for a while. It was fun for a while. Now, now we, he is who we, who we think he is. Um, so, any, any thoughts on that, Harrison, with the quarterback position? Yeah, people who went, you know, QB early in the first couple rounds, when all of us as quote unquote fantasy experts say, "Oh no, you have to wait on QB. There's so much value at QB." <laughs> Well, there's value at QB if you want 11 and 12 points per game from your quarterback, because that's pretty much what's happened this season. You have the top three or four guys, and after that, everyone is just terrible. You might as well be starting Taysom Hill at quarterback if he's classified as a quarterback in your league. Like It has been brutal if you were in that QB streaming late round QB boat, unless you got Geno Smith which is a, a very few people actually bought into Geno Smith. I know a lot of people now are and will probably pick him up this week. But it, it makes us reevaluate going into these next couple seasons. You know, do you get the elite quarterbacks in fantasy? We know in the NFL you need elite quarterbacks to win games, to win the Super Bowl. But in fantasy, you've been able to get by with mediocre quarterbacks. Is this now the trend in fantasy as well where you really need elite quarterbacks to win your fantasy matchups as well. And I think we've talked about it on this show. I know I've, I've been thinking about it off air as well. Shouldn't quarterbacks be the top picks? Like Travis Kelsey should be number one from now on. Like that to me, it's like, come on. And then shouldn't quarterbacks be taken in the first round to your point about leading the way. And, and so I guess I've always thought, do we have to adjust the scoring at all for that to be the case? But it's kind of happening at least to this point. Um, so, you know, I took Jonathan Taylor second overall. We see how that that's working out for me at the moment, at the moment. We'll see. Um, all right. We'll do one quick woulda, coulda, shoulda. And you mentioned the name. And we should have mentioned his name a lot earlier. Taysom Hill. What in the world? I mean, what an unbelievable performance for him. He's not a quarterback. He's not a tight end. He's not a running back. He's not a a special teams uh, blocker guy, whatever they call those guys, the gunner or whatever. He's none of it. He's just a football player, and he's just a touchdown machine. He's a fantasy monster that you can't trust. You just can't. You can't expect it. And the what it could have, should have for me was I had him on my bench, and, and then in other leagues I decided not to pick him up, and I hate that I didn't pick him up because he was just kind of floating out there, and it, a few weeks ago I went all in on him. And then he was a disappointment and it, it kind of burned me. And so I only kept him in one league. And, and I, 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 looking back, I should have at least hung on to him, especially with the tight end position as watered down as it is after Kelsey, uh, that the, the value of Hill is there with, with, if he has that tight end designation, which he should, um, even though, yeah, again, I don't know what position he plays. He's just, he's just out there. He just give him the ball and, and go. Uh, but that was, that was incredible. So, uh, Man, I wish I could have benefited from that, and unfortunately, I did not. Any, uh, any woulda, coulda, shoulda for you, and then we'll jump into our breakout. So before I get into woulda, coulda, shoulda, I want to go back to the QB conversation a little bit in fantasy about why QBs aren't taken in the first round. And I find it interesting because a lot, like, like we're advocating for QBs right now, but the fantasy community as a whole has done everything possible not to make QBs relevant. 
touchdowns aren't worth six points now. Now they're worth four for QBs. You know, now you need 30 yards passing to get a point instead of 20. Now you lose points for sacks and interceptions as well. So we've almost like nerfed QBs so much to make them not valuable and then are mad at ourselves when our QBs are not putting up points. So I just think that's kind of funny that we've done everything possible to make them inefficient as fantasy players and then are mad when they're inefficient as fantasy players. Um, and then this week for me, woulda, coulda, shoulda, I started Gerald Everett over David Njoku. I switched them out literally five minutes before the game starts. Oh. Gerald Everett had 1.2 points and Njoku had over 15. And then again, Alvin Kamara had been really disappointing this season for me. I switched him out for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last minute because Clyde had had a big you know, season so far. Clyde did nothing. Kamara had a huge game. So I'll probably make different decisions with those two players going into this week. But it, hopefully they'll do better. But it didn't hurt me too much this week as I still won my matchups. There you go. 3-0 for Harrison. Got to feel good about that. Uh, last, last thought on the quarterbacks. If a touchdown is worth six points, a touchdown is worth six points for quarterbacks. I can't stand that they've, they've other leagues have done four points for a, a touchdown. Are you kidding me? It is worth six points. It's the one thing in fantasy that actually has a point value other than field goal kickers. If you have those, but so come on, keep it at six. So that's my take on that. All right. We'll, we'll get back to Harrison in just a little bit. We'll talk waiver wire and uh, we'll ask him if certain players are legit. Uh, but right now we're going to do this week's breakout and it's all about injuries. And we know that when football players sign up to play back at, Pop Warner football and throughout their whole career into the NFL, they know that injuries are a part of the game, that there is a risk for injuries that they most likely will either have you know, small injuries, especially on Monday, they're going to be banged up. And then there, there are the, the season ending, the, the career ending, uh, a lot of major injuries that, that take place you know, throughout their, their, their careers. And then same for us in fantasy. We know that when we draft players, and we do our best to avoid, like I was saying earlier, Rashad Penny. Like I, He's been too injury-prone for me. Um, so I, I try to avoid him. But then I, I, I listed off my team earlier. A bunch of guys are injured. Now, uh, kind of on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, but, but a lot of injuries. And it's hard to avoid them. And if some of you are, are feeling good through five weeks, you're you know, three, four, five wins, and you're healthy, chances are injuries are coming. Your guys are going to get banged up. They're going to twist an ankle. They're going to land funny. They're going to get, uh, you know, a hamstring pull. What, what, whatever it is, injuries take place throughout the NFL, and then they deal with the pain, the disappointment, and the missed opportunities. And and we, to a lesser degree, as fantasy managers, deal with those same things. You know, we're disappointed that our guys are out. They're not out there given us fantasy points and and now we're you know we're left scrambling to, to figure out uh what to do with our with our lineups and the the, the key is we, we can't be delusional in thinking that our guys will never get injured and and that that oh well, I'll be healthy all my, my fantasy team will be healthy all season long it's unrealistic it's not that's not what this is it's a long season and we will go through certain weeks especially where where injuries hit us and this parallels our own lives because we all know we're not free from pain, suffering, disappointment, and missed opportunities. We all face, quote-unquote, injuries throughout our lives. And 
I absolutely believe that God blesses his children and he allows us to enjoy life, but, but he never tells us that we, we won't experience setbacks and tough situations this side of heaven. And so as we're living in this broken world, we are going to have situations that uh, cause us pain and, and suffering and disappointment and missed opportunities. And, and so it's going to be uh, kind of a regular rhythm of, of this life, both minor and, and major injuries. But what we have to do is we have to, to learn to properly handle our responses and, you know, it, we can't even fully avoid. Now, we, we want to be wise because certain injuries don't have to happen if we're wise and we avoid those things. But other things happen in life because of this broken world. And, and, and they're, they're in many ways unavoidable. But the good news is God uses those things in our lives to strengthen us so that when we do get back out there, so to speak, we, we're, we're, we're stronger, our faith is deeper. And so when we go through these seasons of injuries, who are we turning to? How are we handling it? And are we truly trusting and relying on God for his strength, his power to, to heal us, to give us the, the ability to persevere and to get through these things? And, and instead of you know, feeling sorry for ourselves or whining or complaining or thinking, well, why, why do I have to deal with this injury? Well, this is, this is life. This is, injuries are part of the deal. And so we can't be shocked when they happen, when they happen, especially when it comes to you know, things like, like persecution. And if we really want to be a follower of Jesus in this world, we're going to face those types of things too. Um, difficulties and challenges, they're all, God uses all of those things uh, to strengthen us and, and, and ultimately for our good as well. And, and so uh, making the decision to follow Jesus isn't so we have good health and, and lots of wealth, but because we need a savior and, and we desire to, to grow and become more like him and spend eternity with him. And so although we wish that we could completely avoid all struggles and trials, they actually refine us and, and strengthen us. And, and so when, when heartache and suffering comes into our lives, we can cling to what it says in John 16, Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus died on the cross, he rose again, he defeated sin and death, and, and then we as followers of Jesus receive his grace, his salvation, we're united to him. Eternity is, is secure in him. And, and so in, in the long run, we win. So the temporary suffering is, is just that. It, it's temporary. And, and so uh, you know, injuries play out differently for each of us, and, and they, they may affect multiple areas of our lives. Uh, but we have to remember that purpose and good can come from those big hits. That, that cause us pain. And, and so Romans 8, 18 says, uh, this is Paul writing, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And Romans 5, 3 through 5, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And, and so that is the, the wonderful you know, 
good news and, and the hope that, that we have, uh, that, that we can put our full trust and, and faith in Jesus. And, and so even Paul, he goes on to say, he goes, uh, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so it's in these weak moments that, that, that God gives us strength. It's his strength. We rely on his strength to, to get us through, and his glory shines through. And, and so today, as we consider our struggles and, and injuries and weaknesses, let's remember that God's grace is all we need. And so let's boldly ask him to strengthen us so that we can suffer well for his glory and that we can get through these seasons of injuries um, with, with, with hope, faith, and, and a reliance on him. So injuries are never fun. They're not fun in fantasy. They're not fun in real life. Uh, today, I'm pretty discouraged about my fantasy team. Uh, but but hey, the season's still going. There's still hope. And, and today, whatever we may be facing, uh, in the long run, if we if we've placed our, our faith in Jesus uh, for our for our salvation, uh, man, we're good. He's overcome the world, so we're with him. I'm on I'm on that team. So uh, so that's the that's the good news for us today. All right, uh, Harrison, any thoughts on on injuries and and maybe what's your your biggest concern with uh, injuries through five weeks? Yeah, so injuries are obviously a terrible thing that you have to deal with every single season in the NFL. But one thing that I think is interesting this year is sort of the rate of injuries compared to years in the past. Mm. Now, I noticed that during the offseason, the NFL loved to make a huge deal about how there was a record low number of concussions last year in the NFL, and there wasn't a single concussion this year during the preseason because there was a lot less contact and how that was all great for the game. But now it feels like for the, through the first couple of weeks, there has been so many injuries and so many concussions and like... I can't remember every ever watching this many football games and seeing like three or four guys go down each game, both on offense and defense. It's just prolific how many injuries there's been so far. So I don't know how you were talking about not avoiding injuries and kind of embracing them and knowing this is a part of life. Have NFL teams, you know, during the offseason having a lot less contact we've seen? Is this in, like affecting, you know, going from zero contact to 100 once we get into the season, not being prepared for the season to start? Kind of like how we talked about a few episodes ago about QBs not playing in the offseason or Ezekiel Elliott saying he's just going to skip the preseason. But then we've kind of seen that maybe he should have played in the preseason because he hasn't been completely ready. So I want. what is your take on, you know, even though you don't want anyone to get injured in the preseason – you know, putting your guys out there, having the contact in practice because it will ultimately prepare you for the, you know, brutal contact you're going to face during the regular season. Yeah, I'm an advocate for the preseason. So I, I was one of the, the lone people that understood and appreciated what the preseason is. And so, yeah, you take one away and I, I don't think their, their bodies are prepared for hitting it into the, 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 that final gear. And, and, and the hits that, that come. And so that's why we're seeing the offenses off to such a slow start too. And that's why I keep hammering, don't give up on your star guys just yet because things eventually should click for the elite offenses. Uh, offenses. And, and so you know, I do think teams like the Rams that went all in on top talent that maybe don't have the depth, once a guy here or there gets injured, they're in trouble, and, and there are you know, kind of a few teams like that. Um, you want depth. You, 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 want, you want three guys in your, your running back committee. 
you're going to be better off in the long run, actually, um, versus even having a having a workhorse that you're going to try to count on for 16 games. It's going to be rare. We're not. I just don't think we're going to see that. Um, and so, and, and same with the quarterback room. I mean, think about the Panthers. It's like they had they have four quarterbacks. Like, hey, we got too many too many quarterbacks around here. Well, now three of them are out. So PJ Walker is the last man standing. Um, so you got to have depth at quarterback too, because there was a trend there for a while where teams were only carrying two quarterbacks. Can't do that anymore. We're seeing quarterbacks go down left and right as well, um, or at least banged up and and you know needing needing some time to to heal. So uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Injuries of it's it's a part of the deal. There's no there's no no getting around it. So that means we have to work the waiver wire in a big way. And and so as we head to the waiver wire. A um, couple of the names that, that that jump out this week, especially at the running back position, Kenneth Walker, Brian Robinson, Joshua Kelly, Jalen Warren, Eno Benjamin. Uh, which of those guys are you most excited about? Um, I'll, I'll just say this. So Joshua Kelly, he was on the Unpacking It podcast earlier this year. Huge fan of Joshua Kelly. One of my favorite guests in a long time. Was so excited to see him have a big game alongside Austin Eckler. And there may be space for both of them to contribute. Uh, probably not that much every week that we're playing the Browns, even though the Browns have had a decent defense at times. But I, I like Kelly. Kelly should be rostered. And if, if anything does happen, Eckler, you want him. Uh, but for you, who are some of the, uh, the, the running backs you're, you're most intrigued by? Yeah, so Kenneth Walker should already be on rosters in most leagues. But just in case, you know, the guy who drafted him dropped him, go look and see if he's there. Because if he is, you should throw a huge amount of your fab budget on him. Make him your number one priority because he is going to be a stud for the rest of the season now that Rashad Penny is out. And same thing with Brian Robinson. You know, Brian Robinson, a lot of people forgot about him because of, you know, the incidents where he was, you know, shot and then had to miss the first couple weeks of the season. But unbelievable comeback, incredible story for him, you know, getting back on the field this quickly and recovering. And he outcarried Antonio Gibson nine to three in his first game back. Now, granted, it was extremely inefficient, but the fact that they put their trust in him that early in his first game back, I think he is going to be a really solid player for the rest of the season. We saw him produce in the preseason. He looked great. So I, I would really hope that he's going to have a great season. He's going up against the Bears this week on Thursday Night Football, which might be the worst football game oh. of all time. Oh. I, I hate that I have to watch that game <laughs> on Thursday night. Um, but he should have a good week this week and for the rest of the season. And then another running back, Eno Benjamin. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Didn't produce a ton. But now James Conner and Daryl Williams both got injured this week for the Cardinals, which means Eno Benjamin, if they stay out, he is the lone oh. running back in the backfield there. He should have a big game this week if they're both injured. And then one guy, if you're looking for a tight end that I'm starting to really rise on is Daniel Bellinger, rookie tight end for the New York Giants. You know, all the Giants wide receivers are injured. We're talking about, oh, should we pick up Richie, Richie James or should we pick up Darius Slayton, guys who have never been good? Why not go with the rookie tight end who's slowly becoming a top target there in New York? He's sneakily put up some good weeks these last few weeks. I think Daniel Bellinger could really have a solid season going forward as the only healthy receiving threat in the Giants offense. Interesting. So the one guy I'm intrigued by is Alec Pierce. And you know that I'm all in on the Colts offense. And I think Pierce is the clear number two guy. He's a rookie. Uh, I think I think this offense is going to start going. I know it was ugly on Thursday night, but maybe it was just that one win in overtime. You get Jonathan Taylor back, and maybe things turn the corner. I also, this is a side note, I think Nick Foles needs to be considered. He's the backup there. I wouldn't rule out him having a run this year. So I'll, I'll say that. But 
don't avoid Alec Pierce just because he's on the Colts. He's a good player, uh, and they drafted him high the second round, maybe. Um, so he there's some there's some talent there for sure, and he had a, he had a good good game on on Thursday night. All right, lastly, as we wrap things up today, we're gonna ask Harrison three different players. Is he legit? All right, Diami Brown in Washington. We're all avoiding Washington, but wait. Carson Wentz, he's one of the top quarterbacks throwing in fantasy. He's putting up huge numbers. Multiple wide receivers have had big games. So what about Brown? Is he legit? So as a player, I would say Diami Brown is legit. He's an electric player, you know, superb deep threat. We saw it when he was at UNC. We saw it in a couple preseason games, but never really got a chance in the offense just because he's been buried on the depth chart. You know, this week, Jahan Dotson was injured, so he finally got the opportunity and showed out. I would not trust him as a fantasy player if he is still the fourth wide receiver there in both Jahan and Terry and Curtis Samuel are, are healthy as well because there's just not enough opportunity. But if one of those guys goes down, I think you could probably pick him up and start him in your flex with confidence because of his deep threat ability. He just needs to find a way onto the field, and when he does, he'll produce. So it's all about the injuries in front of him and where the roster shakes out week to week. But if he is one of the top three guys for Washington, he is a legit fantasy player. All right. So I watched the Panthers 49ers, and Jeff Wilson was solid. But Tevin Coleman, kind of out of the blue, was a, a big-time contributor for the 49ers. Is he legit? I would say that he is. He's still got it. I was surprised that he was even still playing football because it seems like so long ago when he was one of the better running backs that the 49ers have. But I guess he just kind of stuck around. He was on the Jets for a little bit. But a lot of his you know, involvement came from both Tyrion Davis-Price and Marlon Mack getting injured this week. But neither of those guys had really done anything to solidify roles in the offense. Tevin Coleman comes in and is great. So I would not be surprised if going into next week, even if Marlon Mack and, and uh, Davis Price are healthy, that Coleman is the number two guy there in the offense. We know the 49ers love to use the running back by committee system. And what's great about Coleman is he's not competing with Jeff Wilson for the same type of touches. Mm. Jeff Wilson is a downhill you know, running back, not really involved in the pass game, while Tevin Coleman's more of an out-of-the-backfield you know, at this point in his career, kind of gadget guy, use him in the pass game, get the ball into his hands in space. So I think there's a way for them to both work together in the offense. He brings a different dimension to the backfield than a guy like Marlon Mack does. So I would say he's a legit contributor going forward. All right, last one, and I'll, I'll even expand this out. So Darius Slayton had a nice game for the Giants. So is he legit? And basically, is any New York Giants wide receiver legit, or is just going to be... Uh, roll the dice every single week. I do not think Darius Slayton is legit. He was someone that was maybe going to get cut in the offseason. They were looking to trade him, but he does this every single year where, you know, Giants receivers go down. He comes in, he has a nice little five receptions for 70 yard games. Like, oh, maybe Darius Slayton, there's something here. He's never going to be the guy in New York. You know, the Giants receivers are going to get healthy at some point. I like Daniel Bellinger. I do not think he is going to have an every game role with the Giants. I think it was kind of a one week thing because he was the only receiver available. You know, and talking about if wide receivers are legit, I think, you know, Wandell Robinson and Kadarius Tony, they haven't done anything so far this season, but we know they're great players. They just need to get on the field. And I think there might be something there. 
I, I don't have any faith in picking both of them up right now. But I know when it's like week 10, when they probably yep. get healthy again, and we see Kadarius Tony has seven catches for 140 yards, or Wandell Robinson has five catches for 100, we're going to be like, ah, oh, we knew it. We knew there was opportunity there. We knew there was talent, but it was just too risky to, to pick them up because they, you just don't even know if they're going to play every week. Yeah, they may be stash guys if, if you have a deep bench, but you're just kind of, you know, some, some dark throw. But, uh, but yeah, the, the job. Guys keep winning. I don't know how they do it. They're, it's just, it's amazing. It's remarkable. Not sure it continues or how reliable they are from a fantasy standpoint, but, uh, but good for them to be four and one. Well, that's it for today's show. Great stuff from Harrison. Appreciate you. Congrats on a three and a week. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for an undefeated week. That was not the case for me this week in the unpacking it league lost to the top guy. Reed. he's, he continues to be undefeated five and oh, so, so impressive for him. Uh, I've got, I've got, a, I like my team. I still like my teams across the board. Got to get healthy. So today, all about injuries and, and the encouragement, of course, uh, for all of us that no matter what injuries we have uh, in life right now, uh, let's continue to trust God. Let's continue to rely on his strength and power in our lives uh, to continue to persevere and endure and, and trust that he, he's, he's using those things to build our faith and, and, and ultimately for our good. And, and so refining us, developing our character, developing our trust uh, in him. Uh, through the, through the injury process, and it's hard. It really is. But but be encouraged and uh, and keep looking up and and keep looking into the word, God's word for uh, for hope for sure. Well, for Harrison, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that He died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by His grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy managers who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. 